1: Welcome to the AEW Match Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Brown. Thank you for joining me. We are looking at the top 10 of the definitive AEW Match Guide Podcast, Volume 2. In what's become something of an annual tradition here at the AEW Match Guide Podcast, of course, this whole concept was kicked off last year back in 2021 when i got together a bit over 30 wrestling commentators from around the internet wrestling community uh, and we voted on what was the top 50 matches in aew history from the first two years of aew from double or nothing 2019 up to double or nothing 2021 and we've done it again if you've been looking at wrestling headlines or on my twitter you will have seen that we have announced Two weeks ago, we announced 50 to 31 for volume two. And last week, we announced 30 to 11. And tomorrow, we're going to be putting up 10 to one. But to announce the matches that fell in that place today, you are joined by myself and my good friend, the damn Implicat. He is a podcaster. He is a writer. He's a raconteur. He's a renaissance man. Uh, he is my partner in crime. And I'm very happy to have you along for the ride today. How are you going?
2: Damn! (laughs) Here we are once again. Talking about the best matches as voted by somewhere between forty or fifty different writers. There's an increase over last year, which is awesome to see. The more the merrier in this voting period, just to give a wider array of opinions. With the really fancy spreadsheet in front of me. You yeah. know the
1: secrets that the people <laughs> do not. You know the oh, secrets. Just, you got but, the you got the special link.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I got the special insider link to see the eighty-five different things voted matches voted yeah. on. Which, yeah. oh, that is, that is awesome. A wider array of people, a wider array of results. Yeah. That's exactly what I want to see.
1: Yeah, exactly. Look, the reason that I originally wanted to put these together, to, to give everyone a bit of an idea, is that personally, I feel that the idea of star ratings, I feel that the idea of cage match, grapple, Dave Meltzer, they've they've got a lot of merit. And I, I give them merit by, you know, most of the time in, in my podcast when we're looking at a match, I will provide what they were but i feel like there needs to be other ways of historically contextualizing what are the best matches because both of those the star rating system and cage match i feel like and this is my personal opinion feel free to disagree with me i feel like it favors a certain style of wrestling and the people who rate on those sites favor a very specific style of wrestling that is not something that is for everyone that's not what everyone wants to see in their wrestling and so i wanted to find a way of getting a diverse group of writers together uh, and i'm very fortunate to have such a diverse group of people contributing to this and putting their thoughts in and, and as imp said it's ended up with a really really great list we've done a top 50 of course it's been published on wrestling headlines there's actually 85 matches that got votes that received votes we had 42 people put in in their votes up to 85 matches got votes and this year was more diverse than last year 11 matches got number one votes last year there was only I think five matches that got number one votes and of those matches only two of them got more than one whereas in this case 11 matches got number one votes seven of those 11 matches got two or more and we're going to be going through a lot of the ones that got that got multiple (laughs) votes tonight when we talk about our top 10 And, and i wanted to give a shout out to I can't go through everyone because it's 42 people. It's too many people. At the end of the articles on Wrestling Headlines, you can go to. There is a list of all the people. Jump onto their social media, follow them, listen to what they produce. A, a shout out to the people who who did contribute, and particularly the people who have podcasts. Uh, they're podcasters. They're writers talking about social suplex of course where i'm very lucky to be a part of we've got multiple podcasts here in wrestling headlines that's who i used to write for when i wrote regularly and of course still post on there every now and again wrestle in pro wrestling musings near falls media wrestle purist eno wrestling this is awesome podcast spandex excellence the white hot tag triple friends podcast the doc says podcast and the heel truth podcast all of those guys are a great outlets that you should check out. Give it a listen. Give them a five stars just because that helps. Um, that helps everyone. <laughs> <laughs> but, but just give them a listen. They're all worth, all worth having a listen to. And, and I want to give those guys a big thank you before we get into the list um, and before we get into the matches because this list would not happen without them. I know I am the person who posts it. I'm the person who tallies the votes. I'm the person that does this podcast. but It is not just my list, and I, ne- I don't want it to be just my list. I want it to be the list of the people, uh, a list that anyone can come to. And if they're just getting into AEW, they're new to wrestling, looking at what are the best matches in AEW history, they can come to this list, and they can get a definitive match guide for all elite wrestling. I've uh, I've given it the wind-up. Before we get to the top 10, we have, of course, over the last two weeks, we've posted the top 50 from 50 to 11 on wrestling headlines. Just looking at what's shown up so far, I'm just keen to know from your perspective, what were some of the matches that have shown up so far that, you know, you were really happy to see made the top 50 or ended up a little bit higher than you might have expected it to be <laughs> um, that, you know, was exciting for you to see one of your favorites really getting up there and getting some appreciation?
2: I mean, for me, I absolutely love the PWG party-style tag team match, which is on, like, every other week on Dynamite. It's awesome to see. Mm -hmm. I love those matches. They're such a blast. When it comes to pay-per-view, they're sometimes some of the best matches on the show. Like, from, From Forbidden Door, this past, whatever whenever it was by the time it goes out. The, uh, Three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, the six-man match with Sting, Darby Allin <laughs> and Shingo, uh, versus El Phantasma and like, oh, I absolutely adored that match. <laughs> it's one of my favourites mm. on the show. Uh, like, I can't wait to re- revisit those. Like For me to see those kind of awesome, multi-man, really exciting and fun matches get onto these lists... Like Adam Cole in the books versus Christian Cage, Jungle Boy, Luchasaurus from Full Gear. Like the Super Elite versus Adam Page in the Dark Order. Just, oh, I love those matches like that. And see them get not just on the list, but so high up the list as well. It's great to see that it's, it's not just me that <laughs> loves these kind of matches.
1: <laughs> I'm represented by the yeah, others. I guess this is a promotion that was created as much by the Young Bucks as anyone else so if the if you've got the Young Bucks you're going to be getting that style at times and and I, I'm definitely with you one of the ones that I noted down was the Super Elite versus Adam Page in the Dark Order I was wondering if that would make people's top 15 uh, because the match quality has been so high when we get into the top 10 it is a list of matches that could be number one uh there's lots of like the quality is so high and i was wondering with that one because it didn't end up being the consequential match that elevated hangman it was great it was such a good tv production but it didn't end up having him get that happy ending and and for some people at the time that felt like a bit of a letdown so i was wondering if that wouldn't make it but i love the presentation of it so much particularly the entrances like that is one of the best wrestling entrances i've ever seen and so i was really I was really excited when that one started moving up and up and up the charts um it ended up at 18th so yeah i was really really excited to see that really excited to see a lot of love for eddie kingston as well he's just been uh, at the end of this list i'm going to give some stats about wrestlers earned the most points and eddie kingston is sixth on that list and that includes tag teams and that is a he is got six matches in this list he he appears a lot in the top 20 and and to see eddie kingston getting that you know a guy who was pretty much ready to retire absolutely grabbed his one opportunity his one shot with both hands and has absolutely blown everyone away and is pretty much the heart of AEW at this point like (laughs) in terms of when it comes when you're talking about fan favorites it I don't think there's any... Maybe Moxley and Eddie Kingston, you know, they're best friends and they're probably at the top. Although I suspect if Eddie Kingston and Jon Moxley ever had a feud, I suspect Eddie Kingston would be the one getting cheered, um, which is pretty crazy to think about. Uh, And then the last one, which is something that last year, I knew setting things up that Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker was going to be right up there, um, their lights out match, because that was such a moment. But women's wrestling has continued to be a challenge for aw it's improved i think it continues to improve i think we are actually on a slow improve it's taking its time but you know what sometimes a, a good slow cooked brisket does take a bit of time but i was really excited i was really happy to see um serena deeb and hikaru shida get recognized in this list you didn't see it but the street fight they had that came in 51st so it was very close to making the top 50. Their first match was also got votes, um, but their second match, I-, I loved seeing that that came in and came in at 20th. Um, so that was that was cool to see that it, it hit 20th. I think that's the best women's program they've done. It didn't necessarily get the attention. It, when it was on, it got a lot of attention, but between those periods of it being on, it kind of it was like it didn't exist, which is a bit odd. The fans recognize... They, they recognize the effort. They recognize the skill. I love the way that particularly the second match built on the first match. And I can't wait to deep dive into that match at some point because I think it's fantastic. I think it's the best um, in terms of just pure wrestling matches. I think it's the best women's pure wrestling women's wrestling match that they've had in AEW, And I was really happy that that came in 20th. So that they would be the ones that I was excited to see. Uh, imp this is where uh we get a bit more controversial potentially um for you what is a match on this list that you think was maybe a little bit overrated oh (laughs) oh i mean i don't really i don't i don't have any strong opinions
2: i'm trying to look and just see if there's one that i just didn't get along with like the closest i come is probably adam page versus adam cole because I, I just didn't get into that match. However, yep. 29th is perfectly fine for that match. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's not really yeah. controversial. Like, I'd never put it in my top t- top 10. I would I didn't vote for it on my list. And those of you that did, some of you put it top 10. <laughs> like no. Yeah. But but 29th overall actually, you know what? I, that's perfectly fine for it. For me that's a yeah. solid placing for it.
1: Yeah, look, that wasn't I've I kind of soured on Adam Cole. Oh, quite a bit. That was that match wasn't the reason why. Like, that was actually a pretty good match. Um, It wasn't a blow away. And no one went really high on it. The highest vote it got was fifth, then 10th. And then most of the votes for it came in 12th, 13th, 14th, 15th. Um, it got, you know, a, a few people mentioning it who obviously enjoyed it and uh, enjoyed the feud. It was a pretty decent feud, you know. And uh, Adam Page was fantastic in it. Adam Cole was also really good in it. I, I didn't have a problem with where that ended up. The reason I brought it up was because, let's move on to number 10. And this is the one that I think was overrated. Because just <laughs> getting, literally, the final votes that came in ended up with number 10 and number 11 swapping places. Number 11 is Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson.
0: These ladders are tough to work with. They're inanimate object. Well, remember, stone. that was the ladder that, that Cody suplexed Sammy on. The structural integrity is now questionable. As Cody's finding out he's making the climb. What's Sammy's gonna have to? Sammy! Sammy! Oh, what a cutter! At least 10 feet, maybe 12. The cutter was perfectly executed. The fans here going crazy.
1: Number Probably 10, really so. Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. The latter match from Dynamite Beach Break, January 26, 2022. Uh, it got 159 points. Its highest vote was third. And as I said, literally the last votes that I put in. <laughs> ended up with this one scraping into the top 10. So when I was telling people to get in there and vote because it would make a difference, I wasn't mucking around. Of course, we're going to potentially criticize matches a little bit at different points, but we're talking about levels of greatness at this point. All of the matches that we're talking about are fantastic and we are splitting hairs um, because we're talking about the best of the best. What did you think? I, I've said I've nailed my, my <laughs> colours to the mask. That I, I didn't think this should have been 10th necessarily. Um, But, Ian, what did you love about it?
2: Well, I was one of three people that voted this ninth as well. So this was in my top ten. And I absolutely Mm -hmm. love this match. So, first off, ladder matches are 100% my thing. Especially when it's one of those where it's upping the ante in terms of the kind of stunt that they're doing. And Jesus Christ, this match, yes, it is the one with that cutter from Sammy. Absolutely love. Like, I love the Sammy Guevara versus Scorpio Sky follow-up to this and just the way that they played off of the uh, big, awesome ladder springboard cutter in that one as well. So this mm. kind of match is just up my street. <laughs> it's just, it, this really is for me. I absolutely love the flow of this match. It's just that thing in the back of your head that Cody might win. Because at that point, he's still solidly AEW. No one's believing he's leaving for WWE at this point. WrestleMania's months away. It's not a thing. So it just feels like, oh, he could win though. (laughs) He's done his whole thing. He's kind of floating about. And that really helped paint Sammy Guevara as a huge babyface because he wasn't Cody. My times have changed (laughs) from here till the way we are now. But at that moment, anyone who was facing Cody Rhodes who wasn't Cody in a match like this they were getting huge huge cheers (laughs) and Sammy Guevara was that guy he felt like an absolutely huge baby face to take the TNT championship forward and this match did so much to elevate him there and insane stunts absolutely insane
1: yeah
2: (laughs) where I don't know if this is the match where Sammy did something where he just landed really awkwardly and it felt oh god is this I can't remember if this is this one or the Scorpio Sky match I can't remember what he did. He did something, and I remember he went into an ad break like, "Is he okay? The crazy person. What's he done?" And that might have been like a six thirty off the top of a ladder or something.
1: I I think you're talking you're talking about that was the Scorpio. Ah, that was Scorpio Sky he match. He, yeah, like, landed on his head <laughs>
2: <off> the... <laughs> doing that. All right, he didn't do that in nerd, this. But... Yeah, because he didn't do that in this match. Then, so this match is but higher rated still... than that. <laughs>
1: He still had a really rough-looking bump off a ladder mm. um, on the outside as well, because everyone oh, the want, yeah. across, there was another like really rough-looking bump off a ladder outside. I think he went onto another ladder or into a table uh, for that. One thing I love about that AEW has done with ladder matches is they've gotten rid of the stupidly slow climb. Oh yes, uh, and it's they they're not exactly like of course they're not necessarily springing up ladders um like you know they're, they're they're still selling a little bit but they're not you know barely managing to climb one one hand one rung every 10 seconds you know in a ludicrously slow display um of, of like aching out the drama and, and this is a good this is, and that requires being able to like going up the ladders quick more quickly it requires great timing from the two of them. Otherwise you end up with someone at the top of the ladder where they should be grabbing the belts, kind of just waiting. And that's a never, never a good look. And this match was structured really well to avoid things like that. You know, the one time you had Cody up the top and no one around him was the time where Sammy jumped out of nowhere and did this (laughs) insane cutter um, that, you know, is something that will probably be in dynamite trailers and things like that for the next 10 years. Like it was just a mental, absolutely mental spot. And everyone who, who has commented on, cause I've, this has the, the commentary bits. Uh, haven't been posted on wrestling headlines for this, but every single person mentions that cutter. Um, <laughs> and of course, at the end of this, Sammy did look like he looked fantastic. Uh, and he looked like a huge star with the two belts, holding the two belts um, you know and I, I feel like the build to this wasn't the greatest you know mm. Cody was like kind of that final promo he did was it was almost like he was in hindsight now you can kind of see that he was trying to remind TK it was almost like he was trying to remind TK of the feuds <laughs> that he could have if he got re-signed like you know give me a bit more money and I'll, I'll do this. like there's these things on the table that we can do Um, but that you know that sort of detracted from it and you had like the the weirdness with them, you know, crowning an interim champion when I think Sammy was only out for one week or something. or No, Cody was only out for one week. That's right. So Sammy lost to Cody, and then Cody was out, and Sammy beat Dustin that week. And then, like, literally a week later, Cody's back, and they're setting up this unification match, and it's kind of like, wow, this is all happening a bit too quickly. Um But, yeah, the actual match itself completely blow away. And as you said, incredible spots. And also... An interesting legacy thing, because it's it's Cody's farewell match. Like it's the last match he ever did in AEW. Um, it's the only match that made this list for Cody Rhodes. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's an interesting one to have as his final beat, I guess. Hmm.
2: And oh, well, I just love the day, the story that Cody's first match in AEW got those melts of five stars. And his last match in AW also got the finals of five stars. Yeah. <laughs> like kicking it off and ending in absolute style. <laughs> and yeah. of course, the fact that both he and Sammy were on these runs where the fans were just against them. <laughs> and uh, mm. <laughs> it's just it's, it's interesting in legacy in that way, where Sammy essentially got Cody's booking to <laughs> take on the American top yeah. team. And it backfired again. <laughs> it was like, no, no, no. Yeah, it turns out the idea was just bad. <laughs> this wasn't oh this is all cody's fault no, no 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 both times the same story turned the baby faces into heels <laughs> both times
1: <laughs> it says yeah everything. when you've got like when you've got dan lambert getting face pops like mm. you just you know you're off in ridiculously bored yeah. booking territory at that <laughs> point like you need to change course
2: <laughs> uh, to say how much of a baby face sammy was coming out of this you know that they did wrong, and then Tony Khan doing the yeah. America's favorite couple—that didn't help. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, no, yeah. a Look, complete mistake. Let's
1: say about that better. Let's uh, <laughs> let's move on. That was number ten. Um, we've got ten matches to go through, so we're going to have to get it, get a run along. But so number ten, Cody versus Semi Guevara, TNT title ladder match from Dynamite Beach Break on January 26th Australia Day, actually.
0: Next BTE trigger. Yeah, baby. And
1: now it. Number nine, the Young Bucks. The first FTR from Dynamite, April 6, 2022. The second match that these two had had. Uh, it had 180, it earned 181 points, got 24 votes, and its highest place was second. Uh, most people felt in, at the time this was better than their first. I, for me, I feel like probably just. Help that they had a crowd, like they had a large crowd <laughs> um, as much as anything else. Uh, of course, different alignments to the first match that they had, um, where you've got the FTR sort of really having this this was when they were really starting to hit their straps in their in this new face roll that they'd got, where these you know they're just these fighting, hardworking grifters and grafters, I should say, not grifters. <laughs> <laughs> Grifter. Uh, At the young bucks, of course, still in ah uh, still in peak pisshead mode, I might say. Um, what did you think of this match, and and how it compares to their first one?
2: I think what also helps it is it's on that same week that they had the Briscoes match, and then they come mm. to the end of the week and they're on, Vamp- on Dynamite having this absolute banger as well. Within what four days <laughs> of another yep. match that you contend, yep. just in Ring of Honor, it's like, oh my god, this was absolutely fantastic! I myself voted it 10th again, one of three, one, one oh no, one of two people. <laughs> That's what I'm I say. Did, did me and these other people just vote the same? <laughs> but
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, for me, this this was top 10 as well. I ummed, ummed and ahed about where to put this in my top 10, and it moved about all over the place, but it was always there. <laughs> I ab- so, so, I, as I remembered about how much I enjoyed other matches, it just moved about, mm. <laughs> but I, I absolutely adored this. Uh, for me, AW bringing back tag team wrestling to the level that they have done, oh, it's mm. so great to see. Like Consistently now, on our list that we're doing, we're getting more than one tag team match in the top 10, and there's tag team matches all over the list. There's tag team matches all over the top. Like oh, it's it's great to see. I, I I absolutely adored the flow of this match, as you were saying, the complete switch in dynamic from the last time we faced them. The fact that the Young Bucks are now the dastardly heels and FTR are plucky baby faces. <laughs> it's like oh, our grifters, as you accidentally called them. <laughs> like oh, I I I I, I love seeing the dynamic of this one and how and as you said, for me it is the crowd. That's what lifts and elevates this one over their previous Mm. one just doing the same stuff just reverse roles and have the crowd really feed off of it it was it was a dynamite match
1: yeah (laughs) i think it's funny how um it's funny how when the match of course was envisioned between these two teams originally back when they you know they sent that message the revival were a heel act and so of course everyone imagines this this as what their alignment was in their first match where you've got the revival as these heels cutting off, you know, the rock and roll express, these high, high impact, high speed young bucks. But in many ways it actually works better. And this, this felt more like their own match um, with them in this alignment, which is so, it's so odd that that's the way it's worked out. Um, But it just so happens that, you know, the young bucks are incredible heels and as good as FTR are as heels, it seems like outside of WWE, they work best as faces. Um, as like these fiery southern faces. And I think removing, you know, the last the first match had all those tribute spots which were very meticulously worked in and, and were cool moments. But removing those made this feel... like That was like the first match was a tribute to wrestling. This was their match. This was the FTR and Young Bucks match. And I think putting this in where it was... Because the one critique I would have is that there wasn't really any build to this beyond just FTR being absolutely red hot from that match with the Briscoes uh, and the Young Bucks having such a history in Ring of Honor and being like, what, you guys think you're like the spiritual ring of honor champions right now. We've held those belts like 20 times, but I think giving them that match then it really solidified FTR for the fact they're on a hot streak because they won, they beat the bucks, which was the biggest loss they'd had at that point. And it also set up another meeting down the line. Um, which would have more of a build. Uh, And I think that we're moving towards, it seems like it's obvious that that's what we're moving towards and it's going to be such a huge thing. Uh, And, you know, I feel like this one, as good as it is coming in ninth, it's like (laughs) just wetting the appetites, you know, (laughs) just wetting it a little bit. (laughs) Um, Just giving us a taste, just a little taste of what what can potentially come. And I'm really happy this came in. Another interesting aside, uh, this is the second highest rated tag team match on the countdown. Last year, there was tag team matches all throughout the top 10. So it's interesting how singles matches have become more dominant. Uh, in this year, in this volume of the definitive AEW match guide. Yeah, I'd love to see it, i
2: love to see it. Just the fact that you really felt it last year of AEW elevating mm. tag team wrestling to being important yep. and being this huge thing. And then this year, it's been elevating the singles competition, like mm. putting on absolute classics in the singles division. I mean, they were doing that mm. last uh, for the last list, but this year it really yeah. feels like they've up the ante.
1: Yeah, well, but without sacrificing tag teams as oh, well. Yeah. Like even though... We're about to get into a bunch of tag, a bunch, a bunch of singles matches and one more tag team match. Um, I think the the listeners who listen will know the other tag team match that's probably going to come up. I don't think it's sacrificed tag team wrestling for the expense of singles, but there's been some real big time singles matches. But before we get to real big time singles matches, we're actually going to get to one that was a real shocker. This one was the this was the you know the underdog that could this match. Um, then one number eight.
0: Paradigm here. Oh. Paradigm shift! High angle paradigm shift! One, two! Oh my god! Yuda kicks out again! You gotta be kidding me now! He's mouthing and Moxie is with that rear choke. He's got his back now.
1: Moxley. And it was actually recorded the same night. So the people who went to dynamite and rampage taking oh my god. <laughs> on April 6. My god, they got an incredible night of wrestling because number 8 was also recorded at that broadcast on Rampage April 8, 2022, number 8, John Moxley versus Wheeler Utah. This one's the this is the this is the underdog that did did well. Um the come from behind story, you know, like every single other match in this top 10 and even really like if you look back at entire almost top 20 it's all matches that had a lot of effort put into the build of them you know had big time presentation particularly this top 10 and all the matches above this one you know real big name teams involved and big presentation put off to be like they, this is it's setting up for this is going to be a big deal sort of style of match whereas this one it's a match that like you don't realize this is going to be so good until you're halfway through it <laughs> First you see John Moxley versus Wheeler Uda. They've wrestled before, they've had good matches. This will be fun. Wheeler Utah's got this thing where he's trying to join the Blackpool Combat Club. And of course, John Moxley is part of that. Uh, and you know that Wheeler is gonna be fired up, but you don't know how special this match is going to be until like you're halfway through. And the crowd's like on their feet starting to really get behind Wheeler Utah he starts to get a bit bloody, he starts to really fire up, and man the heart and fire of Wheeler Uta in this match, the like brute force nature of John Moxley's offense and the aggression that John Moxley shows and then the aggression in response by Wheeler Utah is just incredible. I was so excited to see this match come in so high. I voted it also eighth. <laughs> so I landed on it perfectly where this should be. Yeah, look, Im, what do you remember of this match? What are your thoughts on it coming in at eighth?
2: For me, the for, uh, the image I have in my head is Wheeler Utah with the crimson mask screaming as he tries to make John Moxley submit. <laughs> with the, yep. uh, I think it was the crossface yep. face he had on. Like, with the bulldog
1: choke. Bulldog
2: choke, that was it, yeah. And it was like, oh, just that image was absolutely exceptional. It's putting into the image uh, of John Moxley's words where he was feuding with Danielson. Is like, I'm not friends with someone until I bleed with them first. And then, yep. then he had that match yep. with Danielson. But afterwards, when they were name-dropping all the different young talent, you were ready, you were set up. You'd had Moxley's line, you've had them dropping the talent names. You're waiting for that moment where that young talent really tries to prove themselves against them and has that match where they bleed with them to cause that alignment, <laughs> to get that trust from Moxley. And, my God, did they play that to absolute perfection. <laughs> Just the way that they, mm. they, put, they put all of their words into that visual, into the match, it all fed into it. And Wheeler really, you was doing absolutely everything to prove himself. Like, no, I can beat you. <laughs> Even though he's a massive underdog that's just mm. getting the crap beaten out of him. He doesn't care that he's absolutely covered in blood. He's going to keep fighting and really prove himself and get into this stable. After, like, I think it was, was it the week previously when Regal just slapped him across the face. <laughs> I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, uh, so he had the match with Danielson. Actually, no, I think they had a tag match first. Mm. And, uh, and, and afterwards they he was with the best friends and he left the he left the ring and he sort of came back in and made his like made his intention clear almost that he was going to that he wanted to to be in into this and and regal slapped him i think maybe danielson had a match with him after that and then this match happened and it was like okay you're in <laughs> but i think the magic of this match really hit when you just started realize like he started Using danielson and moxley's moves against them because it it was like him saying i am going to new places now like i'm going beyond what i've ever done before and i'm going to use these moves that like these tough bastards that i want to be i want to be these guys and i am so much wanting to be them that like in the middle of this match when i've got i've used everything i've got i'm just going to start doing what they do and he starts like doing the elbows and then he does the he does the cross face the label lock and then of course yeah my favorite shot as well as yours is just him screaming with blood dripping down his face with moxley in the bulldog choke it was it was interesting how this one came along because i remember live reports at the time putting this match over and saying like this match is something else like you've got to watch rampage and then just being blown away by it and I i love a match that does that where like <laughs> You go in not expecting it to be so incredible, and it just blows you away.
2: Oh, it was absolutely exceptional, and I love uh, I love matches that contain like all of the character beats as well that really mm. propel yep. on to like that next stage, which is why I voted for uh, Super Elite versus uh, Home and Page in the Dark Order in my top fifteen. Mm. Is that I yep. really love those kind of matches, and this had that in absolute spades. Like you could see yep. after this match, the trajectory for Wheeler Eater had completely changed. Like he yeah. he was a completely new man.
1: I mean, I hope Wheelie Uta needs to buy John Moxley all of the non alcoholic beers he ever can because <laughs> literally like John Moxley made this guy's mm. career. Not that Wheeler Uta wasn't doing well. Wheelie <laughs> Uta was doing well, but yeah, as you, if you looked at like a, a trajectory for his career if it was on a line graph, it hit a different angle after yeah. this match. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um so coming up, let's move on to number seven. <gasps> Number seven, CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston from Full Gear 2021. It ended up with 229 points. It had 22 votes and three people voted it as number one. This is a really cool match that goes for like 12 minutes and is just a great example of why you don't necessarily need to have quantity in a match for it to be quality. This whole program was like maybe three three segments in the Mm. ring and that weird thing they did in the parking lot where Eddie <laughs> yeah. Kingston was like running at CM Punk and then the match oh I love that and it became within three weeks like one of the most heated <laughs> feuds that this company has ever had and one of the most intense intensely violent matches this company has ever had without using weapons which is saying something given that you know we just talked about John Moxley versus Willie <laughs> Uta what, what do you think of this match him?
2: <clears throat> oh I, I absolutely adored it I put it number 7 Which is exactly where it finished, so this couldn't have been... Absolutely perfect placing for me. It's exactly where I put it on my own list. Oh It's it's one of the... I love matches where in the building the aura just shifts as both guys look like they just want to kill each other. Mm. (laughs) It's just like that graphic of Eddie King. I mean, over this past year we've had two graphics. Uh, One of the matches isn't going to be on this list because it was at double or nothing. But... There's the graphic of Eddie Kingston addresses his enemies, This is just yeah. perfect. And there's the uh, image that came from Double or Nothing from the Anarchy match, where he's dripping blood with the gas can. It's just like, hmm. oh my God, Eddie. But just when that aura shifts where he and Punk are just dead-eye at each other, completely serious, no pandering to the crowd, just absolutely, I'm going to kill this man. And both of them having yep. that look on them. And it's just... You could sense it in the arena, just that kind of... Uh, I liken it in a way to, uh, I guess, Tomohiro Ishii versus Katsuyoshi Shibata. From yeah, the G1 Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where they, they're just stomping Re-Man. their feet. Oh. <laughs> yeah. They're stomping their feet. The arena is also doing the same thing, and they're clapping their hands, ready for them to just charge at each other. It's like, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> That's what this match was. It, and it was that... That set the tone. That This match was them just charging at each other, trying to beat mm. the crap out of each other. And they both sold it so well. Like, so believable like selling that this wasn't a wrestling contest this was just a fight (laughs) and i absolutely adored it
1: even even just a promo beforehand like it felt different you know you have a lot of uh a lot of times where you'll have like two people saying they don't like each other you know like semi guevara and uh the dan the i mean that's the worst feud that AEW probably had this year is the high profile at least it was like the top team versus Guevara or top team versus Cody. Like, you know, they're saying they hate each other. They don't like each other. They're flipping each other off and stuff, but it just feels so completely like nothing when you compare it to these two, like oh, yeah. getting in each other's faces <laughs> and getting heated that promo, like the in ring promo set, Thing they had where they got in each other's faces and like they're just staring at each other and they're try they're, then they had a brawl and it felt like a fight and then when they had this actual match it as you said it just feels like a fight a few little small things I'll, I'll just mention that I love from it um, CM Punk wearing the fight shorts um, he's wearing the little fight shorts um, which you know puts over again that like this is something different to him he hasn't worn them since uh, and uh, I'm looking forward to the next time he brings him <laughs> out. Cause like when he brings him out now, it's like, Oh, well it's going to be on because <laughs> this is the, like the little things that CM Punk loves to think about. And you know, you've just got two masters of controlling the crowd and controlling the emotion of the crowd. And they didn't mind that Eddie Kingston was getting a face ovation and CM Punk, even though he was just returning, like he leaned into like being this like more arrogant and, Intolerant form of himself because he just in his character he just can't stand Eddie Kingston like these two people just can't stand each other and they haven't been able to stand each other since like you know even though they're arguably the two top faces for the promotion they hate each other every time that like there's a mention of them CM Punk will be on commentary and just out of nowhere will just be like. Yeah, like everyone except for Eddie Kingston. <laughs> yeah. Eddie Kingston, when when CM Punk won the world championship, he tweeted, "Yuck." <laughs> he <laughs> yeah. Quote tweeted, CM a photo of it and just said, "Yuck." Like <laughs> they're the two most popular faces of the company, but they hate each other and they never. <laughs> and I love that. Like you love to see it because it's like such formed out characters and, and such fleshed out characters. And you know, another really interesting thing, Eddie Kingston's, um eddie kingston's form at full gear the year before this he had like almost a same kind of feud with john moxley
0: mm. where
1: obviously the result's different where now they're friends but you know you had like three weeks where they built this incredibly heated uh and incredibly intensely personal match that ended in like A match that was really violent really emotional uh and eddie kingston ended up losing (laughs) but you know that's something that eddie kingston does so well is is lose um but still remain angry and bitter uh and and refusing to respect his opponent which he's you know so far refused to respect sam punk and i don't see that changing anytime soon
2: oh eddie Eddie kingston does not let goodgers go (laughs) (laughs) like it's not a thing not a thing and uh the only man he kind of had was john moxley but that was when he was faced with the realization that john moxley might be blown up <laughs> of evolution yeah it gets to that level it was like mm. oh okay this person might be dead now i might maybe <laughs> forgive them yeah. and only john moxley it was like mm. oh i love it i love it
1: well i mean moxley approaches eddie kingston in a very different way to sam punk because mm. john moxley approaches him being like mate i i love you <laughs> like i don't Mm. I, re- I still respect you like i i don't want to <laughs> have to do this to you but we're going to have to because i'm the champion and whereas sam punk's like no nah, mate i can't stand you you're a you're an absolute failure you're you you've got no you know the same things said. Mm. <laughs> like you've got no discipline um you should have like you've you know you're someone i can't stand because you should have been bigger than what you are but because of your own personal failings you've you've done that and you've blamed other people and you've got so many excuses and i'm not going to hear any of them <laughs> it's, it's a very different a very different attitude when it comes to to eddie but yeah i hope they revisit this down the line sometime because it, it could be a cracker of a, a cracker of a match um and a cracker of a oh, I, oh
2: i yeah i absolutely I, I cannot wait and of course we're seeing it still eddie kingston is just how many enemies does this man have like blood yeah. feud <laughs> it's just we got like uh, immediately setting up the next one in the blood and guts match that's uh, recently aired yep. it's like oh man <laughs> yep. like good god
1: yep. yeah, it, yeah yeah he's had you know he's had these kinds of matches with Jericho with and you know these Jericho Danielson like Miro these are these are matches that all ended up in this you know clo- Miro versus Eddie was 22 Um, You've got Danielson versus Eddie at 11. Uh, You know, like, real high-profile things for this guy, as I said, who, like, wasn't even part of... a. The interesting thing is, like, he could have been part of the original AEW intake because he wasn't... he was on NWA Power. Like, he wasn't locked in to a big wrestling... He wasn't locked into a big wrestling promotion in 2019 when AEW started, but they passed on him until he, you know, had one opportunity... And he just he made himself undeniable, uh, and you know, I down the line, who knows where he's gonna end up? But we should we should move on. Um, that was number seven on the list, and we're moving on to number six. An another intensely heated personal feud um with some incredible promos we've got cm punk versus mjf the dog collar match from revolution 2020 this one ended up with 281 points 31 people voted for it uh, and it had two first place votes so this was one of the best feuds that I've ever seen in wrestling what did this do to you what emotionally what did this program and this match do to you
2: Oh, Matt, just the journey they took us off on this where MJF was coming out of the hot feud with Darby Allin where it was like two of the four pillars proving themselves mm-hmm. uh, he proving that he can wrestle that he can go against Darby Allin then he enters the CM Punk feud like oh my god just <laughs> from the get go because he had the momentum as well to go after Punk it felt like the right time to do it the absolute journey they took us on, just from yeah. your kind of standard. Here's the applauded veteran, and here's the dickhead heel. Like, <laughs> and, and they both play those roles for a little bit, but it, it really escalates with the just the escalation of the journey that took us from there. Mm. For, for the absolute peak being when MJF just honestly opened up about being bullied as a kid, mm. and CM Punk all his reaction to it oh, it's so perfect, where he just comes out and just, honestly, just dropping all of the acts, just like, is that true? Is that that true? And MJF just walks out, and it's, oh my God. The sheer emotion in that moment, Mm. it was, elevated this, but, I mean, it was already really high because of the other Mm. promos they'd done, but this was, that was something else, just that moment of reality and honestness just really, Mm. really lifted things up. Just that, you have that moment, but you also understand why they've then got to then Mm. also have this dog collar match. As in, he opens up when it's too late. As in, they're already at Blood Feud level when that happens. Mm. It's like, oh, it's just, there's so much, like you fully understand why MJF (laughs) has to do what he has uh, here. And you understand why Punk also has to do the same as well. It For me, the best villains have a point. Like It, don't, it can't yep. just be Stephanie McMahon coming out and going, I'm a baddie, I do bad things. Well, hey, hey. It's like, no, no, yes. This, oh, this has so much depth to it. To a mm. point where when Punk's beating the crap out of him, like, there's a little bit in the back of your head where you kind of feel sorry, but MJF mm. does such a good job in this match that you hate his guts regardless. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yep. Yep. All of that sympathy out the window. Who cares? Beat <clears> the <throat> crap out of him, Punk. <laughs> and it's always... Oh, mm. I love the flow of this match, uh, and another one where character-wise it hits all of the beats and the trajectory mm. it sends MJF on for the next or however long. I mean, yep. to be fair, MJF's gone from perfect feud to perfect feud for I don't yep. know how long at this Three. point.
1: At least, well, the Jericho MJF one had its hits and misses. Oh yeah, but certainly, like, it ended really like it ended on a high with the five labors then you had the the Darby Allen feud then then this and then Wardlow like that's an incredible streak and punk himself as well like mm. he's coming out of Eddie Kingston this Eddie Kingston feud we talked about which kind of came out of the Darby Allen like he's hitting he's hitting hard as well uh, and I loved, yeah, as you said, like the, the way the story they took us on, where their first interaction they were doing, like, you know, the, the sort of thing we'd expect from these two, where they're, you know, doing those shoot style things. They're, they're insulting each other. um You know, it's like the rock and John Cena going back and forth, insulting each other, but then they went deeper. Like after MJF won that match that they had in Chicago, which, you know, like that came in 15th. So, you know, that's, there's a lot of people who voted for both, the match that was in the initial match in Chicago um, and then on Dynamite and then also this match, which speaks to the quality of the in-ring work. But also they then took it to like a more personal level where they're like starting to peel back the layers of who they are. MJF is revealing like, actually, you know, one thing they did before that, which I should mention, is they set up the Long Island like... Oh the yes, long island like <laughs> mirror world that, that exists now in where oh, mjf's like it. the biggest the biggest hero of the company and everyone boos sam punk <laughs> <laughs> um, but then and then of course they like as as we said like they took us into who mjf is and then of course you've got sam punk starting to question himself and being like am i the bad guy in this feud and then of course it ultimately revealing in like you know for a week people are like are they about to do a double turn and then they did it and in like brilliant go home fashion they both came out wearing white at Daly's place and just got blood everywhere and then had this match which was absolutely incredible like from the minute they had the first the original the fake out that people were saying mjf should do it the first dance the first dance they play sam punk's song and then mjf comes out and then sam punk comes out to misery Cantara.
0: Ninety-one percent of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.
1: I'd never seen this entrance before. There was just some insane, absolutely batshit Insane talk around this about like, oh, people couldn't understand. It's like, who cares? It like felt like such a big deal because the lights go down. There's this spotlight. CM Punk's comes out wearing black and white and there's black and white lights and there's this really emotive song And then of course you've got the match which was just really really intensely violent You've got MJF trying to escape at first and realizing oh wait I am literally tethered to this guy by my neck I can't and having to fight back and then working around dog collar matches could be really difficult particularly when you're working around the ropes and stuff because you've both got to go through the same rope and there were times where they like you could see they kind of had to flick things around but it didn't matter because the emotional stakes and the emotion in the match um was so high that it didn't matter that there was like little moments of awkwardness with the chain because you were so wrapped up in the action that didn't matter and of course you've got the ultimate you've got a a brilliant usage of thumbtacks and the ultimate payoff of the, the dynamite diamond ring with Wardlow, who has been like so abused by MJF, ultimately costing him the match um, and giving Sam Punk the dynamite diamond ring and Sam Punk clocking MJF with it to finally be the, the, the first face to, to finally get that little bit of comeuppance on, on MJF with the dynamite diamond ring, clocking him in the face, knocking him into the thumbtacks and getting the win that way.
2: I just uh, loved in the build as well that they were bringing up hints of like Roddy Piper and... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, just uh, just Be let my him...
1: Valentine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be my Valentine promo. On Valentine's Day.
2: Yeah, like, come on. <laughs> it works very well. It was just, just letting... For the fans who know, this is what I, I like about AEW. For the fans who know, there is such a deep meaning. But for the fans who don't, it's still cool and you can see the reaction from yeah. the crowd. They like, can see what it means. Like, this is a big deal. The fact that they were hitting on this is the kind of match we're going to have guys and it's just that talk it's just like for somebody like me where I remember watching that Starcade show and not really being taken by anything then Piper and Valentine came out and suddenly I'm like Mm. oh my god this is fantastic (laughs) this is amazing Mm. It just I just have that vision of both Valentine and Piper like, mm. like rabid dogs like ar, ar, putting on mm. the chains and they're ready to at each other this was a feud with so much depth in there just laying that groundwork of mm. this is the kind of match you're going to expect guys and it's exactly what we got and it was MJF's comeuppance moment he has such a fantastic singles record that you could just see it it's like well yeah maybe he just he does take out punk because he's so well protected mm. in terms of wins and losses yeah. MJF doesn't lose That's the thing why he's such a good dickhead villain. Mm. Because he could continue to not lose until he goes for the title. But in him being so protected, suddenly he's okay to lose. Oh, It's (laughs) it's a dynamic that works so damn well. Because you know he's going to be protected afterwards. And he can build him back up. So the loss isn't the end of the world. And it was exactly what was needed to elevate Punk from Mm. having these solid stories into a true title contender. Absolutely fantastic. This was
1: like the Eddie Kingston was CM Punk. Getting out of like welcome home, you know, like that was him getting back into pro wrestling properly. Um, and it was like, I'm getting in a proper story, and then this was him like being like, Okay, now I've I've done a 400 meter run, I'm gonna run a half marathon. And mm. man, absolutely <laughs> nailed it. One thing I will just point out because you mentioned little details, and I'll, I'll shout out Ma- Michael Sidgwick from What Culture actually. He noticed in like December there was this moment where they like Sam Punk like grabbed MJF's scarf. And there was like this brief tussle and he said, he saw that and he immediately said, they're going to have a dog collar match at some point oh. <laughs> and it turned out to be right. And it's like, just the oh, little thing. T- I love man. that. <laughs> AEW is a treat for wrestling nerds like you and me. And we need to move on. We could talk <laughs> about that, we will have a podcast at some point to talk about all that. Um, we will talk for more than an hour, probably. So keep listening to the podcast, <laughs> keep subscribed to the podcast. If you, you know, you want us to go deeper and deeper on these things. Let's move on to number five,
0: Danielson's avoided two, two previous...
1: Adam Pay vs Brian Danielson. AEW World Championship oh, match from Dynamite, January 5th, 2022. Their second match received 283 points. 28 people voted for it and it got two first place points. This was the first match they did on TBS. It was a follow-up to their hour-long draw that they did about a fortnight earlier three weeks earlier two points actually between this and the CM Punk one so very close once again imp what did you think of the second Adam Page and Brian Danielson match
2: I also voted this fifth <laughs> just again <laughs> it's just this list is just almost my top 10 we <laughs> just a couple matches switched yep. around, and oh yeah at this point we're talking. Uh, I mean we have been for the whole top 10 all, these are all match of the year contenders they're all absolutely oh, fantastic hairs. Yep. yeah yeah yep. like it it's, for me when I was voting on this list it was just personal preference which matches do I absolutely love the most <laughs> I guess <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's
2: just it's every single one of these matches are amazing they're fantastic but this was an absolutely, it was the best way to follow up for me mm. and just like put a kind of cap on what had come before. Oh, they, because Adam Page was a new champion. He always felt like it was certain that he was going to win, but... Because it was Brian Danielson, and he'd come mm. in so white-hot and was having such fantastic matches. And mm. he was like the veteran guy. like He he felt like he was... Yep. like The way he carried himself in these matches, it always felt like he was the guy who thought he should always be in control. Mm. And it was Adam Page fighting back as this new champion, as this un, mm. almost unproven to Danielson in the way that yep. they were carrying out the matches. And this was Adam Page proving himself as champion this was the match that he finally did it I loved how it built just to that moment of this was the match where Adam Page proved himself as champion and because obviously he proved himself on the road to it but it's a whole different thing was like well now you've got to have these kind of matches Mm. and the fact that this was the match that solidified it but Ryan Danielson Again, we talked about Moxley uh, deserving all the non-alcoholic beers. Same goes out to Divine Danielson <laughs> in terms of how he elevated Adam Page. Adam Page was a made champion after this. There's too much to talk about and uh, if I try to think of specific spots, I'm definitely confusing it <laughs> because there's two it's just like a... We talked about a marathon. Like These two matches were a marathon and it all kind of bleeds together in one awesome spectacle. Yep. Uh, just yeah. the Wang Man cometh. <laughs> it was amazing.
1: I, I love sequel wrestling when it shows the- that the wrestlers learnt from previous issues. Um, so like one really cool example uh, is from probably the greatest pro wrestling feud um, in modern times, Okada and Omega, where you've got, they have their first match. Um, of course, their second match goes to a draw. And then their third match is in the G1 and they've got half an hour after going to a one hour draw. And Kenny Omega just blitzkriegs. Okada And they, I love the psychology of that. And I love that they did that in this match as well. Like these guys immediately go at each other after, you know, going for an hour draw and they're they're like, okay, well, we've got to change up strategy. I've got to do as much damage as as possible, as quickly as possible. Uh, And, you know, it still took them over half an hour to sort their stuff out. And it was a great, you know, another great match. Great finish as well. And I love that it's just so clean and so decisive as well. Even though Danielson's a huge star, it was Project Adam Page and absolutely succeeded. I think we should probably move along quickly to the next one because...
0: Danielson doesn't see it coming. Hangman... Ladies and gentlemen, the time limit has expired. This match is a draw.
1: Coming in at number four, Adam Page versus Bryan Danielson. (laughs) AEW Championship match from Dynamite, the 15th of December, 2021. So their hour-long draw. And we can kind of talk about both of them in together, I guess. Um, But just to get the specifics, this one, 356 points. So a bit of a jump from the previous one. Got 29 votes and four first-place votes. Um, we actually reviewed this on your podcast. Um, for those of you who don't follow him, Imp has a, uh, at this moment, sporadic uh, yeah. re- results. But at one point, he was um, reviewing Dynamite straight after, well, within 24 hours of Dynamite's happening. And we actually reviewed this match. Oh, I love this one. This was great. I think this came in third on my list. Um, and I I love the... the psychology of it where Danielson comes in like so full of confidence after, you know, going toe to toe with Omega. And I think he thinks in his mind, he was just a second away from winning that match with Omega and then absolutely blitzing the dark Order to bits, you know, like destroying every one of those. He comes in and he's just so full of confidence, but he doesn't realize just how deep the water is with Adam page until it's too late and then you get like this mad flurry in the last 20 minutes after he realizes what's going on uh and of course you've got adam page as well fighting fighting against the greatest wrestler in the world um and fight and against a guy who is just running red hot uh and firing up and you know ultimately ending up slightly on top <laughs> kind of like you know just on top but time is the enemy in this and like, for both, of these, for, for both of these men in this match, like, they feel like they've got so much time, particularly Danielson. Like, he's, you know, showboating. He's doing these star jumps. And time is something he feels like he's got so much of until it becomes his absolute mortal enemy. And this, the second that, like, that clicks, it, it's incredible.
2: Oh, it, it is absolutely astounding. <laughs> it's like, there's a... I mean, watching it live, you got the feeling that it was going to go for the full hour, However, because they kicked off the show with it, like it it wasn't, you weren't looking at. Because of course, me and Sam, we watched it like the day after, so we're not watching it live. Mm. But the sometimes you were like just like you just see, oh, how long's left? And with this match, because they kicked it off, you couldn't do that. It kicked off the show, (laughs) so it didn't matter. It's like oh, such such a great, such a great. Because I know that decision has come into fire, but for us people who don't watch it live, that really helps with the investment. You kick off the show with your Mm. big match. Because that means that I've got no idea like where where it's going to finish, but oh, just the journey they took us on, right? My, like hmm. this was in that the novelty had not worn off of Brian Danielson in AEW yet was still in that honeymoon period, and th- this match—it I mean, was... hasn't worn off for me.
1: Oh man, <laughs>
2: It's just is this the to think we've got three we've got two more years or two two and a half more years <laughs> for buying Danielson in this company like my at god least. at Hopefully least more <laughs> <laughs> but yeah this is been this was a sublime match and, and Danielson's not only a sublime match he is all over these top like 20 especially with these singles matches yeah and he this match for, Page for me was absolutely I also voted it third I if it, mm. I voted it high that it's finished I, Yeah this was amazing And it, for me it was The, because I said that the, the previous match was their or well, Their last match, the previous match that we talked about <laughs> Was their kind of moment Of making Hangman like the champion Right they've done it, they stapled it But this match was elevating Page to Danielson's level So that when you know when they go at it They're at a much le- more level playing field They both know what they're expecting at this point As Sam put it perfectly Uh, This was just a 40 minutes of Brian Danverson Being a bit of a dickhead (laughs) Just like Oh I'm gonna Mm. Dick all over this lad (laughs) I've got him (laughs) He's he's dead Look at me Doing the thing Where he's posing With the muscles Like oh yeah Yeah. I can (laughs) I can tease I can do whatever I want Mm. He was um, In the build up to it He was stamping The heads in Of the Dark Order guys Just the uh, Mm. The key point being That The thought Originally was This was gonna be Moxley's spot then moxley mm. had to drop out and go to rehab and uh yeah and then you see danielson pretty much take the booking that he had because again when you when when you control everything you can do it's not that difficult to set up nice little bits mm. in the world like like your dates don't come out of nowhere you organize them <laughs> so they'd organize yeah. it so all of their dates matched a hometown of a dark order member it was like, oh yeah. god, it's so good. Danielson then beating the crap and stamping all of the heads <laughs> of every single yeah. one of them, knocking the teeth out of them on his way to Adam Page. It's just, oh, it was such a good way to build up Danielson of, and then he was he had that same attitude going into the match. But this yeah. was them, as Sam put it, This was him slowly realizing how deep the waters go for Adam Page, and you got to see him dig deep. And for me, there's a reason that I voted this match higher for me it it had so much character work to it in that elevation and those final 20 minutes are absolutely incredible
1: I loved the selling from Adam Page Like Mm. there was a moment in this match where I I genuinely thought he had a concussion (laughs) and I was like worried about what was going to happen because they're in this championship match it's like big stakes these two great wrestlers Um, and I was genuinely worried about what was going on but it just made his comeback feel so more so much more monumental Uh, and then as you get like the race against time in the final 10 minutes and I love the fact that it went for a draw as well (laughs) because not only did it set up a second incredible match but like there's something legendary about 60 minute draws when they're done well And for a championship as well, like for me, this had like echoes of Okada Omega, the 60 minute match they had, echoes of Steamboat and Flair, the 60 minute draws they had. Like a Broadway is something special. And this was such a perfect first defense for Adam Page to set him up as just like this fighting champion, this guy who was beaten down so hard by the best wrestler in the world, like the most vicious, the most technically adept. Um, the most brutal and ruthless pro wrestler in the world. Uh, he took the beating and he was able to come back and survive it. And then he was able to win in the second match. Um, he was able to take what he'd learned and apply it and, and win that second match. Incredible set of matches for, for these two. And it set Hangman Page up for, I think it's probably the best, like um, <clears throat> the best reign from an in-ring perspective that we've had in AEW oh, yeah. so far. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love of course I love Moxley, love Kenny Omega, love Chris Jericho. They all had great like different aspects to their reign that was really strong. But I think like from a pure in-ring perspective, like Pay Hangman's reign was was the best and the centerpiece of it, I feel like, is these two matches. And speaking of AEW championship matches, let's move on <laughs> to third place. Go,
0: boy, shit. Go, boy, shit. Go, boy, shit.
1: Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page for the AEW World Championship Full Gear 2021. This one ended up with 380 points, 34 people voted for it, and it received seven first-place votes. When you're talking about AEW and the first three years of AEW, which is kind of what we're doing in the Definitive Match Guide, this is the story of AEW, right? Like Kenny Omega versus Adam Page has been a thread that has been there. And AEW, Adam Page's trek to the championship has been a thread that has been there since, I would argue, the moment they announced AEW at the Tokyo Dome back in on New Year's Day in 2019. Uh, on the stroke of midnight, Hangman, oh, sorry, the Young Bucks and Cody turned their phones around and had double or nothing. But Hangman said, hey, guys, mine has something different on it and turns his phone around and it's got AEW. And, of course, at the press conference a few days later, Adam Page announces that he is he wants to become the first AEW champion. It, you're going to have to stop me because I'm about to launch into a two hour long <laughs> podcast about Adam Page's trek to become the champion. But that just shows how passionate I am about this story. You know, I mentioned before that punk verse punk versus MJF was one of the best stories for the last, you know, in, in the last, whatever in wrestling, but I honestly think this is probably pretty close to being the best um there's lots of been, there's been lots of great stories but for my take like in terms of the length and the the depths of storytelling the the way they fleshed out the characters and then of course the way they paid it off in ring uh, it's it's you know you'd be pretty i mean there'd be people who'd argue with you but like you you couldn't you wouldn't be too far off saying that this is one of the best
2: this is the proof of concept for AEW's entire point of existing <laughs> The all coming to fruition the, the way that they want to build their stars and tell their stories, this was them putting the trigger on how they want to do it, and put all of the dice on this, on it working uh, obviously you can read the room over a three year long period <laughs> to see if it's working, hmm. but Jesus Christ did this work, it felt like Adam Page's special night this was all for him.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, but I think the thing that helps is uh, the fact that they already had him fail, and his entire story was him overcoming failure. And mm. obviously, there were of this match coming out of it. I remember there were quite uh, a few detractors going, "Oh, it was obvious." As like, well, no. That's called foreshadowing and telling you. Yeah. is, is, it story, is good it's telling story. It's good storytelling. Logical tell- story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like no, like no. Yes, some people confuse foreshadowing with oh, that was predictable. It was like no, it wasn't predictable. They told you it was going to happen, <laughs> and then they did it because they told you it was going to happen. That <laughs> is, it's, it's basic storytelling stuff, but, and uh, we're just not used to seeing it, especially over such a yeah. long period of time. This exists in in storytelling all across television, all across media, stories, whatever, yeah. but not in wrestling because the way WWE is told storylines has been a lot more short-term. And of course, you see it every now and then with the memes of... Uh, oh, I'll applaud Gareth with the long-term storytelling. He <laughs> got a yeah. shout-out on this one. <laughs> but It's become a bit of a meme on social media where you see people offer both sets of companies uh, showing that this is long-term storytelling at its best or uh, you'll see it in WWE where they uh, do something. It's like, look, this was long-term storytelling. They set this up a couple of months
1: ago. It's like, no, <laughs> no, that's not what we mean, but fine. Or, <laughs> or they'll set up like, oh, they did this one thing two years ago. And oh, yeah. now they're referencing it again. But in between that, like, there hasn't been anything to do with it. Oh yeah. Whereas, like, Adam Page's... Tr- Adam Page's trek to the championship has been something that has like and and this feud between him and Kenny Omega has been something that has informed every single thing he has mm. done in AEW. Um yeah. and and for Kenny Omega as well like his ultimate destiny to be the one that got beaten by Adam Page is was set up you know really early <laughs> yeah, on yeah. as well when they yeah. started tag teaming together. Um and even when yeah when like the young bucks said they don't you know they only Back, they only corner Kenny Omega in in big matches. They don't corner Adam Page, which of course like paid off beautifully mm. when they finally cornered Hangman Page at the end of this match. They came out, they didn't interfere, um, and they finally cornered Adam Page and gave him the nod and said, "You can do this." Uh, and that was the juice that he needed just to fi- to finally finish off the match. Um, and you know, like we've talked about the story, but like not enough gets said about this match oh, as well. Yeah. You know, this match, it wasn't, you know, Kenny Omega vs. Kazuchika Okada. And there's many reasons for that. But it was still a really great match. Like, this was still incredible. These guys have incredible chemistry. When they work together, they both hit hard. They've both got speed and lots of athleticism. And they know each other so well. So their sequences are so, you know, really flawless. Uh, and I, I loved that hangman page pulled out the one winged angel in this (laughs) uh and and you've got things like that happening and of course kenny omega's classic offense like his blitzkrieg of the v triggers and the snap dragons it's always just a joy to watch those um get done and because these two are together and they've got such incredible chemistry when it hits like they really hit each other uh and it, it hits so well and then of course yeah as i said like Brilliant ending to the to the actual match itself, with with the Bucks coming out and Hangman hey hits two buck shots on Kenny to get the win and win the championship.
2: It's it's even more incredible to think about with Ken, like knowing now that at the time Kenny Omega had like it was suffering from extreme vertigo, like oh, and his shoulder yeah. and
1: the rest of his body that was just broken down.
2: Like it's, he, he was having this level of match. When <laughs> he was struggling that much, that is absolutely insane. <laughs>
1: like, it's just, it's yeah, incredible. this is for for ninety nine percent of wrestlers ever. This is a mm. career performance. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he was that hurt. He was struggling that much, like absolutely yeah. incredible. And like yeah. for for me, in terms of like the night as a whole, just uh, again, you could sense it was Hangman Page's night the video that played beforehand of him walk, of, I was going to say walking in the streets, he wasn't walking he was riding, riding a goddamn him. horse <laughs> <laughs> it was oh, absolutely fantastic but then Kenny Omega comes out with, he's doing the whole belt collector gimmick as well, so as in mm. this is a champion and he got Don Callis mm. next to him just presenting him as such like, look at this man, he's on commentary, yep. going look how incredible he is, he is the pinnacle of wrestling, just putting yep. him across that. and then um, Hangman Page, the fan favourite and
1: he oh, has some yeah. gold on his on his gear as well for yeah. the first time. Previously, it's always mm-hmm. black and silver and he, he wore black and gold. Mm. Nice touch. Nice yeah. Touch. <laughs> Which is also, like, it was a storytelling beat, like a symbol of his confidence because, bef- you know, previously he didn't have the confidence to, you know, like, really make his intentions clear with the championship. But, you know, he's going into this match wearing gold. <laughs> like, he's signaling. And, you know, it's like, the year before at full gear, Eddie Kingston goes in wearing Massawa's colours. Green oh, yeah. the the green and silver and you know, that ends up being too much pressure for him to take and he, he has he ends up losing. But Paige, he goes in wearing gold and he can take it. And that shows how far he's come.
2: I was it's it's so difficult to not accidentally just enter a full episode of the Match Guide podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> what I'm I feel like we've hardly scratched the surface of what I want to talk about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh I guess we're going to have to move on, <laughs> even though yep, I've got yes. so much to say.
1: Yeah, you're you're you can start hosting the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so coming in second, um, we've got actually no. What I might do because there's two matches left, right? So I might announce the match that came in first, and then we'll talk about the match that came in second. Let's just—I'll announce the the top two. I'm just deciding this on the fly. <laughs> so drum roll. Drum roll. The winner of the definitive AEW Match Guide, Volume 2, uh, between Double or Nothing 2021 and 2022, is Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson from Dynamite Gram Slam, the 22nd of September 2021, which means the match that came in second was the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros AEW Tag Team Championship Steel Cage match.
0: Ray Phoenix still on top. He's measuring, he's deciding, he's thinking about it. Oh, the from The top of the cage!
1: Four hundred and three points, thirty-three votes, eight first-place votes. Um, we'll talk about this match first. This felt special from like the moment that the Lucha Bros had their entrance. With they had an, an extra rapper, uh, they had a sort of a rapper who who came in that doesn't normally do that. And then they came out with the headdresses. As soon as they came out with the headdresses, I was like, "Oh, they're winning, aren't they?" <laughs> and then. The ride began. The ups and downs mm-hmm. began, and this is a match that had so many ups and downs, and and took us to places I didn't think we would go to. You talk about like matches that, if they'd ended, you know, ten minutes early, would have been a great match, but then their final ten minutes just transcends it into just the best things ever like the utter greatness legacy greatness this match was one of those for me what what are your thoughts on this match imp
2: oh i voted it number one this was my match of the year, my yeah. favorite match i this was uh absolutely incredible also the guy who wrapped them out was uh mikey ruckus who does all the music for aw so oh all... really was that Mikey yeah,
1: yeah. Ruckus? good on yeah. him
2: so he uh... awesome entrance oh well, there was it was mikey and there was someone else as there well was
1: another rapper too yeah yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know who he was. Like an older chap. <laughs> I have no idea who yep. he was. Yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't. It,
1: it, yeah. it felt cool, though. Like it, it, oh, yeah, yeah. it had a different air to it because of that.
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. And it was. Uh, and then apparently Chris Jericho applauded him afterwards for doing an amazing job. <laughs> but he was. Yeah, it really set the tone. And I, I love it when they get those special entrances to really make it feel like a huge match, mm-hmm. a special thing. Uh, I guess uh, the other one would be Britt Baker versus oh who, who was she facing when they got oh it's Ruby Soho that was it uh, Re- yep. Revolution with their special entrances the musical entrances they really make it special and that, mm. this was something else <laughs> because we'd already had the Young Bucks Lucha Bros like big spot fest matches like them doing the crazy stunts what are they going to do next mm. kind of sublime stuff like that finished high on last year's list but the reason this is number one is because well they'd already done that so this time they get to tell a story it's like oh that's mm. the thing that elevates it Just this is this isn't just them putting on a good wrestling match and it's got cool spots in it. It's like no no. This one got the story and that's why this one finished higher than their Mm. awesome Spot Fest one. Like this it meant so you could see it as the match progressed, just the fans mm-hmm. got really behind the Lucha Bros. They couldn't wait to see the dickhead youngbuts get their asses kicked. Yeah. as they had the shoes with the thumbtacks on it. <laughs> Matt Jackson taking his shoe off and licking it, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just licking the thumbtacks like the crazy person. Uh, oh, it's yeah, just the, the image, dastard uh, level they're willing to go to.
1: Yeah, the image of Pentagon, like with his mask ripped and mm. blood dripping from his face, is just like such <laughs> an incredible such an incredible image and you know like these guys have got you know the sort of storylines i guess that go through all of their matches where you've got like the rivalry the brotherly rivalries where you've got you know phoenix and nick you've got penta and and matt as the older brothers versus and the younger brothers and quite often they end up going off and then you kind of end up with like a in, in a lot of their matches you end up with almost uh, like a a dare, a game of dare or a game of chicken, um, where they're like, "Are you gonna do that to your brother? Well, I'll do this to your brother if you do that to my brother." You know? <laughs> and, and they had that coming into this match, uh, and of course, it ends in an utterly insane way with Ray Phoenix diving off the top of the steel cage um, to get the victory, and yeah, Pentagon <laughs> embracing his daughter with blood mm. coming out of his face. Um, you know, yeah incredible action really cool story and character stuff just images and you remember for you know as, as a wrestling fan you just won't forget like as you said them them having the thumbtack covered shoe and and the licking of it and then yeah as i said pentagon's mask just ripped and the the final dive off the cage their cage AEW's cages are huge, and every mm-hmm. time someone goes off it, even though it's been done a few times now, my heart's in my mouth. Oh yeah, just... <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think, was was Cody Wardlow the first time they did a steel cage match?
1: Yep, yep.
2: I, I just remember just seeing the height of it as Cody stood on top. I was like, oh yeah. no! Like I know what you're gonna do. I know you're gonna do the moonsault spot, yeah. but this feels so high. <laughs> like, pretty <please, Yeah>. okay. <laughs> like oh, I it was such such a good match, and it, not to forget like when they're doing like the back and forth wrestling inside. You've got mm. Ray... You got the sequences are so quick because you got Matt, Nick Jackson yeah. and Ray Phoenix as well, and it, and they got in order. Like you can do the. I can't believe they actually did mm. the spot where they do the super kick. Phoenix one of the Phoenix goes down and immediately springboards and hits his own kick. This <laughs> is like oh, yeah, such good spots. So many really quick sequences where we have taken yep. each other down. Uh, And yeah, as we're talking about Just the level that they showed the Young Bucks Willing to go To just bloodify It's not a word, but you know what I mean (laughs) The uh, the Lucha Bows But the Lucha Bows didn't give up They kept fighting back And the crowd got so behind them They were so hot You can't, the way that they played played this match You can't not just be so behind the Lucha Bows As the Young Bucks do these These, uh, you sick fuck (laughs) Little things (laughs) about the match I was like, oh It's there's a reason this was my number one match like two years in a row young Bucks have got my match of the year from yep. <laughs> this definitive yep. list uh
1: sublime but, stuff but it wasn't the number one match mm. for the definitive match guy we need to move on to that
0: well, for the... here we go let's get after this thing what a great match these guys can hear it as well as we can the fans are on their feet they're loving this and these two my god what anticipation new york is aew country you can hear it
1: it earned 484 points so it was a pretty clear winner even though it wasn't you know the number one wasn't quite as runaway this as last year in the end it ended up a pretty clear winner got 37 votes the most for any of the matches that got votes. Um, And it had 12 first-place votes and 11 second-place votes. So it was one that was really beloved. by the people that loved this this match really loved it. It was weighted very highly in the first and second votes. Um, And then you've got mostly third, fourth, fifth, and sixth votes. You know, the people who... Who voted for this match? Voted highly on it, which is why it's won. I love this match. This was my number one, actually. Ah, uh, sorry, <laughs> um, and and this is another one we reviewed. Uh, actually, on your we did the the, the Dynamite Grand Slam, um, Dynamite review afterwards. I love a few things I really enjoyed about this match. Of course, the spectacle. Uh, just the the giant crowd that they had and the setup they had at Arthur Ashe Arena. It's such tennis courts are an incredible arena for wrestling because the, the court is... Is so much is not that much bigger than a wrestling ring, so you've only got a few rows before you start getting the towering the towering rows of seats um going up into the grandstands, which is such a cool look. Uh, and of course, I I really loved how ruthlessly Kenny Omega targeted Brian Danielson's head. This was Brian Danielson's first match in AEW. And of course, everyone knows his history with concussions and i love how they played into that like kenny omega gave him some brutal looking v triggers there was one where he like launched himself down the ramp i think he like jumped halfway down the ramp and to just deliver this v trigger to to danielson's head he dropped him on his head with a few suplexes uh, and it, it just made danielson look like a hero in so much peril and of course he was able to fight his way back in showing that like he can match it with the best in the world, because Kenny Omega at this point. Um, he had lost the TNT the um TNA title, sorry, um, the impact title to Christian. You know, someone who was clearly at the top of AEW, the top of the food chain at AEW, and Brent Danielson was able to match him for thirty minutes. And I love the ending for this where the bell rang and they didn't even stop. They just kept on going as if like they were so wrapped up in the in the contest and their egos and their arrogance, like not their arrogance, but their (laughs) egos and, and competitive drive was so wrapped up that they just wanted to keep going. And they had to be like ripped apart by the people running into the ring, you know, the, the super elite and whoever else got in the ring at that point, Uh, you know, and this is a worthy winner. This wasn't, you know, I, I think the title dream match gets tossed around probably a bit too liberally, but this, this actually was one, like, this is a, is something that genuinely was a dream match. It was ballsy for them to make this the first match that they did with um, with Danielson. With Danielson, knowing what we know now about Kenny Omega and his injuries, he probably knew he was going away, so he probably told TK that, and that's why they did it because they were like, "We do it now, or we might never." And I'm so glad they did because, yeah this this was an incredible spectacle that was matched by the intensity that these two wrestlers wrestled at.
2: So I remember at the time, uh, just having the argument, I can't remember even before after the match, just having the argument of why this was such a good match to put on, because mm. I remember at the time Chris of, well no, you build to a match this big, like obviously mm. in, in the vacuum of us not knowing about Kenny's injuries, yeah. it's just it's like, oh, you build to this match, you, you don't put on a match, you don't, you don't just put it on, mm. I was told AEW would all, all build to their things, and I remember just saying to those people like, this is the build as in they're going to have a 30 minute banger and they're going to hold back. It's match of the year and they held <laughs> yeah. back. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just... We didn't even get it like an ending stretch for yeah. these guys. <laughs> yeah. This
2: was just 30 solid misses. Um, uh, sorry. 30 solid match minutes of an absolutely <laughs> solid match. Nothing misses. I meant to say all three of the words, said them in the complete wrong order. <laughs> it's fine. Like, Oh my God. It was absolutely incredible. And this was them at, like, 50%. <laughs> it's is yeah. insane. Like, match of the year, and they didn't even get the 30-minute stretch. Uh, but this was the advertisement for the match. This was a dream match where the entire point was, this is the advertisement. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> it helped them set out... Well, how they, Did they set out Grand Slam even without this announced? i to remember. Oh, I'm
1: not sure. I can't no, remember the
2: running order. But... Yeah. Uh, it, what it was it's a big match, a dream match to help mm. sell out their biggest stadium that they've done, and mm. it did sell out. They released more tickets yep. and they sold out. Like Arthur Ashe was absolutely mm-hmm. packed. It was white hot for this. Uh, set AW up to run the stadium again this year, which is uh, yep. amazing to see. And it's like oh, wow, it's and it's a perfect venue for it, as we were saying. Just the ab- mm. the atmosphere was incredible. Just seeing AW run in an arena this big as well. It was a great Mm. sight to see and such a good match. (laughs) So, so, so good. And obviously I put it as number two. I was one of the 11 people that voted it second, (laughs) but I, I, for me, it was interchangeable. Lots of
1: people voted it second, 11 Mm. people voted second. So yeah, you're not alone. (laughs) Oh
2: yeah. I mean, again, we're we're splitting hairs here. Like (laughs) both number one and number two are, they are both the match of the year. It's just <laughs> some other people again with this match. We're talking twelve and eleven for first and second votes, yeah. like that tells you that both of these matches were the match of the year. It's just which why which way did you split hairs? Do you prefer tag yeah. fantastic tag team wrestling or fantastic yeah. singles wrestling? And mm. this year, the singles yeah. won
1: out. Yeah, look, I think we'll leave it at that. Talking about these matches <laughs> uh, because, of course, at some point. Uh, in the coming weeks and months I will be relaunching season 2 of the AEW Match Guide I've actually recorded the debut episode, it's with Rich Ladder and it is looking at the match that came first in the original Match Guide we're looking at Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page (laughs) versus the Young Bucks from Revolution 2020 Um, and that is a really good podcast, so I'm not sure exactly when it'll be coming out, I want to get a few in the can from this um, from this list as well uh, so I'll be furiously working to to get that get that going, uh, and uh, if you if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter. I'll be announcing when that will happen. Before we get into um, before we close off the podcast, though, I wanted to just quickly mention a a couple of things um, with statistics from the AEW Match Guide, and and an interesting way of looking at who was potentially like the wrestler of this year for AEW, uh, and. <clears throat> if I was going to you actually you've probably seen this looking at it so I'll just I'll just run down the the points what I did was I took all of the points that were earned by wrestlers uh for this and I created a top top five uh, and number five the fifth and this includes tag teams as well number five was the young bucks that surprised me honestly I thought they would be higher they actually had the most matches in the list of any act but they obviously spread their votes as opposed to you know being potentially concentrated at the top so their average the number then average number of points per match was lower um but they had 10 matches that were list that got votes um and then coming in at fourth was cm punk he had eight matches uh totaling 778 points uh, amongst all of his Number three, which is pretty incredible considering he was only around for like half of it, is Kenny Omega, um, who ended up with 954 points. He had six matches, so his average um, is is pretty high. Then, number two is Hangman Adam Page, who came in. He had also had six matches that received votes, um, and he had 1200 points. And then Brian Danielson is the top wrestler in terms of points earned. Um, with 1,571 points. Um, Of course, all of the top 10, you'll be able to read full commentary about them all tomorrow on Wrestling Headlines, or if you're listening to this, um, you know, not straight away, (laughs) then it will already be up on Wrestling Headlines, along with the rest of the top 50. I strongly encourage you, check them out. And I wanted to give another big thank you to all of the people who submitted votes all the people who have shared the list on social media, the definitive match guide on social media, uh, and everyone who has listened today as well. Um, I appreciate having you along for this ride. And as I said, I cannot wait to get into season two of the AEW match guide at some point down the line and deep dive into this new slate of matches as well as some old ones that I've already had a, had a look at and I've got people down for as well. So, uh, I'm, I'm keen. I hope you're keen. And imp, are you keen? Well, we ne- we nearly
2: entered Match Guy territory <laughs> multiple yeah. times. <laughs> <Stopped> yeah, <ourselves.
0: laughs>
1: yeah, okay. um, but where can where can
2: the good people find you, imp? As you can find me on Messing Headlines as well. Uh, uh, with my column that I'm trying to put out every Sunday. I failed this week because Money in the Bank was on a Saturday. We'll see. <laughs> I need to fi- I need to figure out how to do it. <laughs> how do I... Because I, I do Aftershock immediately following the pay-per-views for AEW and WWE as well on Wrestling Headlines' YouTube channel and figuring out how to get my weekly column that I post on a Sunday out on a day when I'm up to like 5, 6 five, a.m. <laughs> on a Saturday night <laughs> covering the pay-per-views. <laughs> so it's... Uh, I need to figure out how to do it. The answer is probably <laughs> get it out, b- get it all written before I watch it. <laughs> something like that. Uh, but yeah, you can also follow me on Twitter at the damn Baca- uh, as I start the show. That's damn as in damn. And uh, I, I'm trying to embody Chono when I do that. Mazio <laughs> Chono is going damn and then slapping someone. <laughs> That's <sounds. laughs> uh But yeah, you can follow me on Twitter there. Uh, also for wrestling headlines, you can follow them on Twitter at Wrestle Headlines. That's Wrestle without an e and over on their Facebook page as well for the latest Wrestling Headlines news. And I think that's all my plugs. (laughs) I think that's everything. Yep.
1: Yep. And look, as I said before, thank you for listening. If you have enjoyed what you've listened to today, you can like or subscribe. You can subscribe to it or you can rate and review it as well. Uh, That really helps actually if you rate and review it. It helps get the, the word of it out there so that when people are looking for wrestling podcasts, they can potentially find this one. So I'd really appreciate it if you could do that on whatever podcast platform you use. You can also support the show financially on redcircle.com.au. If you're listening to the podcast, there will be a link in the podcast notes on how you can do that. Uh, And that's just money that goes towards hosting, paying the bills here at the Social Suplex. Of course, it is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. There's lots of shows on the Social Suplex Podcast Network that... Uh, delve into all sorts of all the different parts of the wrestling world, and you can listen to all of the shows on the social suplex feed or their individual feeds. Of course, you've got One Nation Radio, Keeping It Strong Style, covering New Japan, The Grave Consequences, which look at Lucha Underground, a sort of historical podcast. AEW match guide, which is this one, the best one. <laughs> no, <laughs> all about all elite, which is our like our weekly AEW show, which kind of looks at the up to date things on AEW and the the recent goings on, reviews, Dynamite, Rampage, etc. Uh, so make sure you check out the social suplex, uh, and as I said, follow me on Twitter, sir underscore Samuel, for any updates to this podcast, or if you hit subscribe when we do get season two together and launched. It will come straight to your podcast feed. I've got nothing more to say. My voice is about to give out. Imp, have you got anything else you'd like to say um, before we head out today?
2: Uh, an incredible list. Setting up year two of the Match Guide podcast. Absolutely wonderfully. Uh, every single yep. uh, every single match on this list is great, obviously, but the top ten is something else. Like when Sam,
1: absolutely banger.
2: Like Sam when Sam put out the uh, like first column of this, I just retweeted it, going, "I know the top ten. Last year I thought the list was inc- incredibly solid. I thought it was amazing. Mm. This year feels like it's something else. <laughs> like yep. it's just you look at the list this list and you're like, "Oh my god, like mm. match of the year amazing stuff." Isn't didn't make the top 10. Like Eddie Kingston yep. Brian yep. Danielson didn't make the top 10. <laughs> yeah. We've not even we've not been able to talk about Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson which aired free on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> like <it's> just <laughs> there's been so much I remember, I remember watching the year as it went ahead just thinking that like, this year has been so solid that the yep. top 10 is going to be absolutely incredible from AEW and this proves it this is scientific proof <laughs> that AEW's <laughs> match in the year list is incredible it's insane and like even next year's one like we're kicking off with Double or Nothing and then Forbidden Door like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like jesus christ they're not slowing down
1: yeah we've got like will osprey versus orange cassidy yeah and yeah the blood and guts match that just happened yeah, yeah there's a lot oh, there's a lot there's a lot but it's it's a great project and as i said thank you to all the people who contributed people i shouted out to before go read the read what they've said in the top 10 you've heard me and him drone on about it listen to what they've written about it thank you for listening. Uh, and i will bid you all adieu Goodbye and good night. (laughs) Bang. And I will see you when the podcast relaunches for season two of the AW Match Guide podcast.
0: Bye. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes.